I feel our coffee is actually a steal for the, the type of product that we're putting out and the type of work that it takes for the farmers to get that coffee to us. And my only job really as a coffee roaster, in my opinion, is to add value to the product that the farmers put out there. What you're doing and what I'm doing is, is a steal uh, for the price point. For Mumble Coffee, this is Coffee 101, your one-stop shop for building your coffee knowledge. With Coffee 101, you'll understand coffee enough to make a phenomenal cup anywhere, solve the gnarliest brewing emergencies, and there are brewing emergencies, and wow, your local barista. Coffee 101 is the ultimate coffee know-how podcast. We're talking beans, roasts, and all things coffee taking the mystery out of all those strange words and solving coffee dilemmas so you can crush your coffee game. Season one, which is quickly coming to an end, takes us on coffee's journey from seed to shelf. On the show today, we are going to talk about why is good coffee so expensive? And I guess the question is, is it expensive? Or, I would, I would argue that it's a steal for the price. What do you think, Katie? I don't know enough about this to well, answer so, your question. So, like, let's say a cup of coffee at your local specialty coffee shop is two fifty or $3 for drip coffee. Do you think that's expensive? $2? $2.50. No, that's not expensive. Okay. Go to Starbucks. Actually, I can't go there anymore because the other day I scratched one of the employees' car while she was sitting in it, and it's really embarrassing, so I can't ever go back. Like an actual Starbucks employee's yes. car? Yes. Wow. Like I was trying to get into, I wasn't going to park there, yeah. but I was trying to get into a tight parking spot to the two other people going opposite directions in the baby parking lot could pass me. Uh-huh. And so then I pulled in a little bit more, and then I just, poop, And then she, like, got out of her car. Oh, uh, and you're like, and uh-oh. Was, I was like, oh. And then there's a crowd of people watching, and it was very embarrassing because it was in front of the entrance. But anyways, not going back, if you're listening to this, I'm very sorry. Just know that my remorse has brought me to the point where I can't go to Starbucks anymore. So I apologize. Yeah. Well, I don't even know your name. Well, and so, but what you were going to say. Well, we did get it fixed, like resolved. Yes, yes we got I it. didn't just leave her there. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, so, what you were going to say, I think, or probably going to say with Starbucks or with any of these chains is you probably pay more than yes. that 250 It's very good, but it's very expensive. Yes. And so, but see, the thing is, is, is when you're looking at that and you're thinking about it, and you're like, um, you know, this bag of coffee is eighteen fifty or twenty dollars, you know, and and you're looking at the bag that's nine dollars in the grocery store. You're thinking, you know, why do I have to pay eighteen fifty or why do I have to pay twenty dollars for this bag of coffee? And that's what we're going to get into in this show. So this is an important mm. show. Um, Actually, that is a really good point because, like. Is it expensive because it's better? Is mm-hmm. it expensive because it's just overall more expensive process? I don't know. 
or maybe a little both. Maybe both. And maybe some either some some other stuff that's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. So we are talking today. I'm going to talk to Matt McLaughlin, who's Matt actually a really good friend of mine. Oh, uh, how'd y'all meet? Well, just with coffee stuff. Mm. But um, he's with Starved Rock Coffee Company. Brother. That's out of, it's kind of like southwest of Chicago. I want to know how they make up these names. This one actually has a story. No, this, this, you're going to have to listen in the thing. And he's going. I always do. I know you do. And he is going to tell us why the name Starved Rock Coffee Company. Starved Rock. So anyway, he's a really good friend. He uh, has a tie to Mississippi, although he did grow up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a little bit on Illinois? the show today. I wonder Illinois. if people get annoyed when we say Illinois. They probably do. Like it's like Monticello, say, Monticello. When we say Arkansas instead of Arkansas. Nobody says Arkansas. Well, fifth grade girls do. Yeah, but nobody trusts fifth grade girls. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's get into... This interview with Matt McLaughlin of Starved Rock Coffee Company. Matt, good to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I see that you are championing your Mississippi State shirt, but you are not in the South. Where Where is Starved Rock Coffee Company located? We are west of Chicago on the I-80-39 corridor. We're a little south and a little west of Chicago, about an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, so would that, so an hour and 15 minutes from Chicago, would that still be considered suburbs, or would that just, would that legitimately be out? I would say we're legitimately out. We're considered probably downstate Illinois, even though we're about as far north, kind of west as you can go. But the, people would still consider us, basically anything south of Route 80, they consider um, downstate, and I can look out my window here in my roast room and see Route 80 and see Route 39. Okay, gotcha. Well, cool. Well, I thought today on the show we would talk about why specialty coffee cost more. And um, you and I are both roasters. Uh, we've met at events, um, whether it's competitions or just conferences in the past. And um, had that common bond of uh, at least liking Mississippi State, even though we don't win as much as I would like for us to, and uh, have just become fast friends. And I thought I wanted to get you on and just talk about a lot of people complain about whatever, paying 250 for a cup of coffee or $3 for a cup of coffee or eighteen fifty for a bag of coffee. Um why does it cost what it does and and is it is it on the opposite end is it a steal and they really just don't know it well i'll be honest with you uh my full-time career is a fireman when i go to work in the morning ironically i drive right past the starbucks but there's usually 30 to conservatively 40 cars waiting in line to pay i'm guessing a minimum of six dollars a a cup of coffee so when you talk about the coffee that you're roasting there at humble coffee and i'm roasting here uh, at our facility you know, I feel our coffee is actually a steal for the the type of product that we're putting out and the type of work that it takes for the farmers to get that coffee to us. And my only job really 
as a coffee roaster, in my opinion, is to add value to the product that the farmers put out there. What you're doing and what I'm doing is is a steal uh, for the price point. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. And um, I guess where people may be coming from is, you know, they see their grocery store coffee and it might be, we'll say, $8 a bag or $10 a bag, um, whereas ours may be $16.50, $18.50, you know, depending on if it's a really good uh, coffee. And so they're wondering, okay, are we just making more money and are we being, we'll say, selfish? They probably don't think that, but are we being selfish with, with uh, our coffee? No, and I totally understand that when people see – our prices compared to other, I'll be honest, my coffee is in some grocery stores and generally I'm the most, the highest priced coffee sitting in the grocery store. I'm always yeah. on the top shelf. Um, it separates me. I see coffee sold at our local high V store here um, for say eight ninety nine a pound. And you and I were just talking off air before we got here that I'm actually considering a coffee that's $9 a pound um, right now on purchasing that. So right. And $9 know, there's, there's coffee- Nine dollars for you, green. Nine dollars a pound, green. Before I uh, ship it here, which um, costs money for those most people know, but shipping costs right now are, are the highest they've ever been. So um, for myself, this week I ordered three or four pallets. I think the ch- cheapest shipping I had was close to six hundred dollars on a pallet, and the most expensive was closer to nine hundred dollars. So you have to add that into your cost of goods as well. And I also roast um, on propane out here and propane is extremely high right now. So mm-hmm. um, just, and not only does the roaster go on that, but we also heat our facility with that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Price me up, but I think comparatively I have not raised the prices of my coffee um, since inflation hit. So my prices have luckily been able to stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so a um, couple of good points there. When when Matt's talking about nine dollars a pound green, that's a lot. Um, and, and kind of what he was alluding to. And I was kind of setting him up with the question is that gap in what you're paying for a specialty bag of coffee or a cup of coffee like that gap does not go directly back to the roaster. Um, we we are paying more for the coffee from the get go, so that so that gap goes all the way along the line, if that makes sense. So so whatever you're paying more in the grocery store or in the cafe or online, if you're getting a subscription or ordering a bag, we are paying more for that green because we believe that it's a better coffee. Correct. And these coffees, um, I'm sure you've talked about a little bit in the past, but, but these coffees, there's a lot more labor intense of practices go into the coffee that we're purchasing versus some of this commodity coffee that's out there. And the coffee that we're purchasing is fresh. Um, this coffee isn't a couple years old before it reaches us. And it's just, there's a lot more work. There's a lot more science Going into these farms, um, a lot, a lot of different practices going into these specialty coffee farms versus some of these commodity coffees. Now, those commodity coffees need to sell because those farmers 
we can't just go, um, Kenneth and I, if we only cherry pick the best coffee that they had, those farmers wouldn't be successful either. So there, right. there has to be a, a market for everyone. Yep. And that's very true. And so like one thing to think about, um, which you kind of alluded to there is, let's say a farmer picks and for specialty coffee, we are only getting the top 5% of his beans as far as how they score or how they cup. Um, and our one oneers out there, because they've listened to all of these episodes, they know what cupping is or tasting coffee. And so they still have that 95% that they would like to make money on. And um, so, so yes, either coffee, you know, the eight ninety nine bag at, at the grocery store or ours, it does benefit, and, and, and there is like an across-the-board there. And we've even talked on a previous show about broken and chipped beans uh, because theoretically, like that would not go into a coffee at all, but they can separate those out. And I know roasters who will take broken and chipped beans and um, will roast those, and that's another place that the farmer can gain some income and stability. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101. So let's say that you're a busy coffee company or you're a boutique that caters to foodies who are curious about coffee, or you're that coffee shop that's busy, but you need to train new people coming on who may not know as much as you do about coffee because they haven't been listening to Coffee 101. Well, you need to get them to listen to Coffee 101. It's basically like free education. So get them to start at the beginning. It goes chronological, and they can learn about coffee's journey, and you don't have to do anything. Just sit back and let them listen and enjoy. So, if you have employees or coffee-curious customers, send them to Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Welcome back. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101. Not too long ago, several weeks ago, I watched you compete in Indianapolis in the AeroPress. Yeah. And how many grams of coffee were you using in, in your... I was using 18 grams Okay. So there's a perfect example that I use the AeroPress here. When I do it for myself, I use between 14 and 18 grams of coffee. So you can make a single cup of coffee with some of the highest scoring and highest quality in the world for, for a really good price if you break it down. Right. But if you're the type that's going to brew a whole pot and dump half of it down the sink, then yes, our coffee can be expensive. Yeah. And, and, and that's, a, that's a good point with the AeroPress, too, is if, if our one-on-oneers, if you're at home, and we'll get into this more in Season 2 when we talk about uh, shelf to sip, um, is AeroPress is a really good entry point as far as, like, price goes for you to be able to get a great cup of coffee for the price. Absolutely. I mean, even uh... – I might speak out of turn here, but I'm using grinder, hand grinder. I'm I, so for the competition. I used a hand grinder um, at home for my AeroPress. Honestly, I'm using you know just a uh, like a Baratza Encore 
sure. grinder. That's what I, but you know, if someone really wanted to get into these these higher end coffees for a low cost, your AeroPress and hand grinder. I mean, you're right there. You're you're going to be making some fabulous coffee. Yeah. For you know, not a lot of money to get started compared to some of these other hobbies that you might want to get into. Right. That's true. And so, like, you can get an AeroPress. I'm I'm going to say you could probably get an AeroPress and a hand grinder for what close to fifty bucks for both. I would. Yeah, and so I know Hario has. Um, there's there are several, um, you know, pretty easy, straightforward, you know, not expensive hand grinders. Yep. So that, those are some ways that, you know, again, we're getting back to. I, I think it's a steal on the price of some of these coffees for what you get to experience. I like to have coffee um, as more of an experience than just a caffeine boost. You know, I want to enjoy my coffee. I want to really challenge my palate. Um, you know, there are times, sure, if I've been up for quite a few hours and I want to just shot of espresso or something, I'm, I'm not really worried about um, the experience as much. But coffee can be more of an experience than just being something that, that is a caffeine boost. Yeah, I feel like um, coffee is, we'll say, 20 years behind um, microbreweries, wine, stuff like that, where um, there is a, if this is a word, connoisseurship about it. And if you think about it, you could probably, with that AeroPress cup of coffee at home that we're talking about you make, I'm going to bet that's going to cost you less than a dollar uh, to make. And um, when you compare that to a 12-ounce beer, a, a decent beer, it doesn't even have to be a good one. We'll say a decent one. Um, especially at a restaurant uh, or a you know glass of wine, like coffee for for the experience that you can get is is a, I think it's a steal. Listen, my, one of my uh, dark dark secrets is that uh, my wife and I are Napa Valley Cabernet fans. Yeah, and you know to get an entry Napa Valley Cab, you're talking twenty dollars. You, you know anywhere. Yeah. Just, just start in a bottle, and and uh, you know, coffee has some of the same characteristics as wine as far as tasting notes and, and different things. Actually, coffee is more complex, as yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, I'm, I got to start at twenty dollars when yet you could buy a bag of your coffee for much less and brew multiple cups right. of coffee. Yeah, and you know, um, we could we'll put a link in the show notes below for we did a interview. Um, with Dr. Riston part at UC Davis, they have a coffee center there, but they, they originally started with and have a pretty robust, uh, like wine, uh, research center there. And so they, they kind of work hand in hand. I listened to that podcast. That was fantastic. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was a pretty interesting dude. And, uh, I still, and you and I may have talked about this before, but he talked about, um, making jelly out of the cascara or the uh, mucilage or fruit that comes off of the coffee. And um, if they could figure out a way to do that and ship it from origin or basically at least sterilize it and then make it somewhere else, I mean, that's a that would be just phenomenal because you'd basically have a jelly that has caffeine in it. That would be amazing. And, and, you know, that's another, like you said, another avenue for the farmers to get rid of some of their byproduct because right. the, the farmers are not making the money. You know, when people always ask in the chain with the increase of prices and stuff, 
who's making the money? Is it the roaster? Is it the farmer? Um, I can tell you from my personal experience, it's not me. And I, yeah, and I, I can tell you, I'll vouch for that too. It's not the roaster. No. And it's not the farmer. Um, in fact, in all reality, the roaster probably makes second, probably the least in the chain, maybe the farmer and then the roaster. Um, yeah. it, it would be close, you know? Um, so, but a lot of it has to do right now, in my opinion, with, you know, one of the things that adds the big cost to my coffee is number one, coffee is up quite a bit. I would say on average, the coffee I'm buying is up close to a dollar eighty to two dollars a pound um, from where it was probably even a year ago. Yeah. And my shipping is up probably close to on average four times what it usually is. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And another thing I was thinking about uh, when you were originally talking about the shops and the price you pay for coffee um with these smaller shops uh like starved rock or humble or uh verve coffee or elixir or um black oak or any of those um you if if we were making a huge margin on that cup of coffee then we would be on every corner in every city. But, but I think specialty coffee roasters and specialty coffee shops, if, if I had to blanket all of them into one category, I'd say we're probably doing it to benefit somewhere along the line, all the way from the farmer to the community that we're serving. Absolutely. You know, we're hoping to bring value in the chain. And personally, I have dropped cafes as partners because I didn't feel I thought they were doing a disservice to the product I was bringing forward. Yeah. And they weren't taking products seriously. And as you know, that can do you more um, bad publicity can do you more harm than than good. You can you can serve many good cups of coffee or amazing cups of coffee. But people start uh, we were getting some emails asking why our coffee wasn't tasting good at a particular location. And it came down to um attention to detail and not cleaning their equipment properly yeah well i decided rather cut ties with them than you know this coffee's made it all the way to illinois and then i'm roasting it trying to add a little value in the chain and then they're devaluing that coffee yep and you know everybody hopefully if you're if you're using specialty coffee in that chain they have done what they feel like is the best they can do to get what they got to then transition it to you as the next person. So hopefully the farmer did their job, the exporter did, the importer did, uh, we as the roasters did, and hopefully that shop or you at home then can do the best possible with what you have. Yeah, you know, if, if Kenneth, obviously, if Kenneth and I didn't care about the quality of product we put forward, there is a mountain of coffee out there that's much cheaper than what we're purchasing. Right. I mean, it, it's been a struggle for me um, to look at some of these coffees. Some of the, the importers and farmers send me now, they're like, hey, I've got a, you know, a coffee here that you could use as a blender. Maybe don't. it's got a lot of Quakers in it. Um, but it, you, it would really help with your price. And I just don't feel like morally that's correct for me to do because I've always vowed to b- bring the best product um, yeah. that I could for the price I could. And I decided that I would rather um, 
you know, I've, I've, I have raised my cafe prices just a little bit because of the bulk pricing, the way they are at, but for the most part, it's like, Hey, the prices are staying where they're at. We're going to do what we can. And hopefully we'll all get through this to the other side together. And, um, I just, I'm not going to falter on the quality of our coffee. Right. And, um, and I think that's a good point too. And that, uh, for a lot of us, it's sticking to what is the vision of, this business that we've created. So for me and you, it's like bringing the best that we possibly can for us specifically with Umble, you know, we try to do that, um, health focus slant, um, and everybody's different. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about before we jumped off is price, quality, and convenience. Um, so I'll kind of explain it a little bit and then I'll let you jump in. So I would argue, and I have heard this argued from others, that you could probably have two but not three of these things. So if you want quality and you want convenience, then your price is probably going to be higher. Um, and you could apply this to a lot of things. It doesn't have to be just coffee, but I think it's pertinent for this episode to talk about this. Or let's say that you have quality and you have price, then, you know, it may not be convenient or you, whatever that third option would be. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Oh, you're, you're spot on on that. I mean, again, here at Starbrack Coffee Company, our vision has always been to bring an extraordinary experience to you. Um, introduce specialty coffee to people who maybe haven't had specialty coffee before um, and try to have something also for everyone. Um, you know, we've had some coffees that are, uh, I think I told you this one, Kenneth, one time we did a tasting and we had a natural processed Ethiopian and I had a lady spit it out right in front of us and said, that's not coffee that tastes like wild blueberries. What type of tea is that? Yeah. And, uh, that experience I'm trying to bring forward that, no, that's actually coffee. It's a natural process, but it's just something that you haven't, she had never experienced before. And that's what we want to do. We want to showcase some of these coffees that the farmers are putting out there. Yeah. And, you know, so quality, and then I know for Starved Rock, um, you make it easy as far as convenience and that for um, curious coffee drinkers out there, you have subscriptions and for businesses, you have wholesale and um, you make it easy for them. We try. We definitely do. Um, we want to have something for everyone. You know, there are people out there that, as you know, that, you know, some of our, I always tell people our blends and as well as I'm sure yours are the blends generally are for the person that wants that comfort coffee, something that they're used to. Yep. And if you want to get out there and really start experimenting, then we have those as well. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So the blends, um, tend to, we talked about this in a previous episode, one on oneers y'all probably remember, Blends a lot of times are going to give you what you expect from what coffee should taste like or what you think it should taste like. Whereas your single origins, you're going to get, especially if it's a light roast, you're going to get the nuances of the terroir or, or where where it was grown and all the aspects of that. So in that, you might have something that's super sweet, like Matt said, that um, it's natural process, you know, it tastes like blueberries is tea like in its body. Um, so that balance may not be there as it would be in a blend, but it's still a unique taste. 
Yep. And I think for everyone, like we touched on before, you know, in times like this, when everything seems to be more expensive, one of the ways to save money um, with quality coffee is, is your brew methods. And, you know, invest in at home. It can be very inexpensive. I know listening to your other shows talked about the little things of, you know, the simple kitchen scale right. and uh, weighing out your brew method and maybe making a single serving cup of coffee versus a whole pot of coffee. And uh, there are certainly ways to still get that high quality coffee, but not pay as much in the cup. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So we're going to shift gears. Tell me about Starved Rock Coffee Company, because people see the name and they're like, why in the world did they name it Starved Rock? Sure. So we live uh, just up the hill from a, a state park here in Illinois called Starved Rock State Park. Ah, we get gotcha. between three and four million visitors at that park a year. Um, summertime is very busy, a lot of hiking trails. And then in the wintertime, and actually I'm jealous of Kenneth living in Starkville today because it's actually snowing lightly <laughs> out here. That's crazy. Um, just got the fireplace going for the first time of the year. And we have a little bit of snow coming down, unfortunately. Um, so when that gets going in the park, they, they have the trails as well, but then they also have some waterfalls. They have some ice climbing Cool. and it's a really a lot. A lot, of, a lot of different things go on out there at the park, a really nice lodge. So, you know, I grew up right next to the park um, and just thought what a, what a fitting name we're right here. So that's what we ended up with. Yeah. So I guess people who are there, they're like, oh, yeah, Starved Rock. But like if, the, if it's somebody in like Nebraska or, you know, Montana or Florida, they're like, you know, Starved Rock. I can't tell you how many times I've been talking to someone, you know, we talked about it before out of state and they're like, are you saying star or starved? And I have to tell them, oh, we live right next to the state park and it's actually starved. Yeah. So. Well, it sounds cool. I'll have to uh, uh, come up there and, and visit sometime when it's not so frigid. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we only have winter six months a year, what it seems like. So it's beautiful, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For that, for that little window in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they can check y'all out at starved starved rock coffee and we'll have that in the show notes and they can follow you on Instagram with the same name and they can check you out and uh, you got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, and I really appreciate you having having me on. Like I said, I uh, we're big Mississippi State fans. We got the Georgia Mississippi State game coming on a little bit, so that's what yeah. our family the fireplace uh watching that wishing we were a little closer to the south where it was a little bit warmer yeah well uh i am happy to have you on today and uh, we will certainly get you back soon thanks kenneth i appreciate it all right take care so that was my friend matt nice and now you know where the name came from yeah but that doesn't explain why the park is named starved rock I got nothing well, out of this. That's true. I, I'll go, I actually I'll go did research not, before I f- slumber. Well, so what I'm thinking is we just pay Matt a trip. Ooh, like a visit. road trip. Yeah, like we go up there because the way that he described that park, like with the ice climbing <gasps> and things like that. In Illinois? Yeah. What? I was like. How is it snowy in Illinois? Is Illinois? I it's feel, way up there. Really? Yes, I Chicago. It was like, Chicago. I thought Chicago was a state until last year. So don't tell anybody that. Well, and one of wonders out there, you did well, not hear that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yes, 
we we should go and we should check it out sometime. Oh, and, for sure. And so now we have a better understanding of that actually specialty coffee for what it is is a steal when it comes to the price per cup. Yeah. And so I think that that's I think that's important. I think that's yeah. something that's that's worth at least explaining and diving yeah. into. I so. feel like that needs to be educated. Yeah. Because so. I feel like it's like that for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Except designer brands. I don't understand that. Charging $1,200 for a pair of shoes. Well, but part of that is the, I mean, that's branding. I mean, that's that's basically exclusivity in that it's, it's that their people will pay some crazy amount and people know how much people would pay for that. And so it's like, you know, that's like getting a Rolex watch. You could have a watch that looks exactly like a Rolex. Exactly. But, you know. I do like my designer brands. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just. They're expensive. I just don't have that money. Right. Exactly. But with coffee, for what it is, it's still a steal. And um, um, I'm glad that we got to kind of go over that. I'm glad that we cleared that. I'm glad we cleared the air. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I'm glad we educated you today. You're welcome. Hashtag. That, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. I can put the hashtag after. No, like, grammatically, it doesn't even work. It's like if I said, cool, hashtag. <laughs> We're gonna, I'm going to start a new trend. Because then if you said cool hashtag, whatever word came after that would be the hashtag. Well, you got to have like cool, a little gap. You can't say cool hashtag. You got to awesome. say cool hashtag. All right. Well, listen, 101ers, thank you all for listening today make sure that you follow the give podcast give us a big thumbs up actually no for this give us five star review please and thank you good night that's a little saucy well they need some sauce on no their, no no we don't come with saucy crackers. no we don't come with saucy we come with Everyone approachability sauce. no we come with approachability it sounds like a promo with humbleness Oh, sorry. Yes. I'm not a good representation yes, of the you brand. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You just got a little saucy. So, yes, you can leave a review. And, yes, if we love. If you would like to. If you would like to. And uh, we do read all of them. Country. It is. And uh, we'd like for you to tell a friend. So, those are the two biggest things you can do to help us out is you could give us a review. And you could tell a friend about Coffee 101. Because why not? Because why not? And you could follow us on Instagram, Facebook, maybe Twitter, maybe mm. TikTok at Humble Coffee. And looking for great coffee? Click on the website link in the show notes below or go to humblecoffee.com. Are you a business looking for coffee? Same thing. Click on the link in the show notes and that'll take you to the main page and you could fill out a wholesale contact form and we would love to talk to you about your coffee needs so until next time i'm kenneth thomas i want you to guess what my name is (laughs) just a guess (laughs) 
They know what it is. We're 39 episodes in. But you can still say your name. Okay. I'm Katie. Thomas. I bet you didn't remember that. And we will see y'all next time. Love you. we won't see them. We'll just know that they were here. And that they were listening. Yes, and they were listening. Yeah, anyways, peace out. Bye. Bye.